0: The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams from the service already in progress. Would you open your Bibles with me this morning? It's now time for the Word of the Lord. Open your Bibles with me this morning. To the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. Let's pick it up at verse 13 this morning. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked disciples, saying, Who do men say? That I, the Son of Man, am. So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, the small pebble. And upon this rock, the large stone, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, that's the gates of hell, The gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Look at verse 18 again. And here the Lord is speaking to Peter. Because Peter received the revelation from the Father. Jesus said, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And Jesus said to the disciples, But who do you say that I am? And you can imagine there was a hush. You could hear a pen drop. And all of a sudden, Peter spoke up and said, You are the Christ, son of the living God. Jesus replied to Peter, Peter, blessed are you, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. There are some things that will never be revealed to you until you allow the Father who is in heaven to reveal them to you. So Jesus went on to say to Peter, Peter, I say unto you that upon this rock, I will build my church. I say unto you, you're Peter, but upon this rock, I will build my church. Please note who builds the church, who's responsible for building the church. You can have as many activities and programs as you want, but only Jesus can build the church. He's the architect and the builder. Uh-huh. If you want a mess on your hand, you try to build it. Jesus told Peter, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What's going to stop? What's going to pre- prevent the gates of hell from prevailing against the church. Verse 19, Jesus says, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This morning, I'm still talking about the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And I want to use a subtopic Whose keys are these? Whose keys are these? Some of you have asked that same question. Picked up a set of keys somewhere, and you said, whose keys are these? What are keys? Keys are instruments used to open and close doors. Keys are used to lock and to unlock. Keys are used to omit or to prevent access to anything or something. That's what keys are. Keys are symbols of power and authority. Did you know that? Keys are symbols of power and authority. If you give me the keys in your car, you have given me not only the ability to open your car, but you've also given me the right to open your car because you gave me the keys to your car. That's what keys are. They're symbols of power, in other words, ability, and authority, in other words, your right. You have the ability, you have the right to loose and to bind, and to bind, and to loose if you use the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Are you still with me? Now, this is going to get a little nuanced, but I need you to listen very carefully. The keys of the kingdom of heaven are not the keys of the church. The keys of the kingdom of heaven... They're not the keys of the kingdom of God. They're the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You see, the kingdom of God is within you. The church is outside of you, but the church is the instrument. The church is the vehicle. The church is the means that God has given us to bring us to the kingdom. See, the church is not the the be-all, end-all. Not so. The church is not the end. The church is a means to an end. Are you hearing me, huh? But the kingdom, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, these keys provide us With the extension of God's rule, his reign, and his dominion from heaven here on earth, depending on whatever you're dealing with. In this life, we will deal with stuff that we need answers to. We will deal with stuff that we need to lock up. Deal with other situations where we need to unlock. And we have been given keys of the kingdom of heaven to extend God's rule from heaven here on earth. God, I need you to reign in this situation. Rule over these circumstances. Let your dominion come forth. And we do that by using the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Hmm? So this kingdom is within you. It's not, it's not the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Only Jesus, Jesus had the kingdom. the keys to heaven itself. It's not the keys to the church. Not the keys to not even the kingdom of God that's within you. These are the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And the keys of the kingdom of heaven, if you use them, if you exercise them, these keys can give you great victory over the gates of hell. You know, last week I told you what Hades was. Hades is really hell. Just a Greek word for hell. Hell is the region of the unbelieving dead. Hell is the headquarters of Satan himself. Hell is the headquarters of demons and evil spirits. But Jesus said the gates of hell would not prevail against us, the church he's building on the rock. What does it mean for the gates of hell to prevail against you? When the gates of hell prevail against you, you need to understand, the gates of hell, they are the source and the origin of all demonic assaults. Aren't you tired of the enemy assaulting you? Assaulting your relationships, your marriage, your family, assaulting your health, assaulting your finances. The gates of hell is the source and the origin, not only of demonic assaults, but it's also the source of demonic counsels. How many times the devil has whispered the wrong thing to you? Put the wrong thing in your mind. And if you didn't cast that thing down and every imagination that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, you would have got yourself in a world of trouble. But he comes with those demonic counsels. He comes with those demonic plots. People will plot against you because the devil will use them to plot against you. He come against you with those demonic stratagems and schemes. They're up to no good again. That's because the devil's motivating them. Every machination of evil comes from the gates of hell. And Jesus said, the gates of hell would not prevail against the church he's building. And he said, the reason the gates of hell would not prevail, because I'm giving you the keys. I'm giving you the keys. I'm giving the keys of the kingdom of heaven that whatsoever you... You bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed on heaven. So you can bind up all the demonic assaults. You can bind up all the demonic counsels, all the plots, all the devious schemes and stratagems that the devil brings against your life. Every evil machination, you can bind it up in Jesus' name. Why don't we use our keys? just let him do anything to you bind it in Jesus name loose me in Jesus name we are to prevail against the gates of hell and the gates of hell they're not to prevail against us to prevail simply means you win in mastery over the situation over the encounter you're winning not losing to prevail me, you're the one that's predominating and not being predominated. You're the ones that's succeeding and not being succeeded against. You're the one who's triumphing in Christ and not being triumphed over. People, we have power. We have power. But see, some folks, they say, well, he said that to Peter. He said that directly to Peter. And this is where you get those ideas. You hear jokes, perhaps, where people say, well, when you die, well, St. Peter's going to be at the gate of heaven, and he's going to have to decide if he's going to let you in. They get that right from this passage when Jesus said, and I say unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm telling you, Peter is not standing at the gates of heaven to decide if you're going to get in or not. That decision has already been made. Thank God I'm in. You're in. You're in. You're in. We're all in who believe in Christ. We're all in. Don't wait to die who want to experience heaven. You can experience heaven here on earth. This is why he gave us the keys. There are no demonic assaults in heaven. Remember, he tried that. Satan tried that and he got cast out of heaven. And one third of of the the angelic spirits fell with him. Those one third angelic spirits became demon spirits. There are no evil counsels in heaven, there's nobody plotting against you in heaven. But there is someone standing, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercessions for you in heaven. There are no demonic stratagems or schemes being worked out in heaven. God wants us to experience some of heaven here on earth. So the question is, whose keys are these? Whose keys are these? Some people, think the th- some people seem to think they're Peter's keys. Are they Peter's or yours? If they're yours, you ought to start using your keys. Hmm? You're walking around like a janitor with a lot of keys, making a lot of noise, but you, you're not opening no doors. You're not closing no doors. If I got keys, I'm going to use keys. Now, in the natural, I don't like to carry a lot of keys on me. In fact, I have three keys on my ring. That's it. Now, my daughter over there, she got, about, what, 40, 50 keys on your ring? But I'm sure she uses them all. Well, how many people carry keys you never use? Listen to me, beloved. How many people carry keys but you never use them? I'm telling you spiritually, you have been carrying keys that you never use. Hmm. When bad news come, do you go, "Oh me"? What's going to become of me? Or do you say, "I bind that in Jesus' name"? Hmm. Huh? When dangers threaten you, do you cower and run, or you say, "I loose it in Jesus' name"? If it's not happening in heaven, it don't need to be happening to you here on earth. You got to use your keys. So, who key, whose keys are these? Are they yours, or the Peter's? Now, listen to me very carefully. Now, Jesus did say to Peter, and I say also unto you, that you're Peter. And upon this rock I build my church, Peter. And the gates of hell, shall I prevail against it. Now, these keys include power and authority to bind and to loose, according to Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. You remember that kingdom prayer that Jesus taught his disciples? He taught them to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, on earth. That's where we live, on earth. That's where we stay, on earth, as it is in heaven. These keys is according to that prayer. And one of the ways to get Heaven to come on earth and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven is for believers to use their keys. That power to bind and to lose. These keys also include the power to administrate church discipline. Discipline. And let me say that again. These keys, they include... The power to administrate church of discipline. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. Jesus said, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell your brother his fault between you and he alone. He, you don't take Sister Big Moth or Brother loudmouth." He says, if, listen, I need you to follow this. He says, if your brother sins against you. Now here we see Jesus is acknowledging when a diverse group of people come together, there will be problems. There were problems in the first church. In the first church there in Jerusalem, there were problems between the Greek-speaking widows and the Hebrew-speaking widows. When people come together from different backgrounds, from different areas of life, different walks of life, even though we all love Jesus and we're calling his name, there still is room for problems. So because somebody sinned against you, don't sentence them to hell because they sinned against you. He said, moreover, if your brother sins against you, you go and tell your brother his fault between you and he alone. He says, do it alone. And if your brother hears you, you have gained a brother. You have salvaged a relationship. You have saved, perhaps, a friendship. But if he doesn't hear you, he says, Then take with you one or two more. So, that I'd add, so out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refused to hear them, then tell it to the church. And if he refused to hear even the church, then let him be unto you a heathen and a tax collector. If a person don't want to be disciplined, Jesus says, let that person be unto you a heathen and a tax collector heathen is unbeliever. Tax collector, we a very despised person. So what's the Lord saying? If I sin against you and I come to you and you don't want to make this thing right, then I bring one or two others with me. And by the way, the one or two others you bring with you should always be church leaders. Not your cut buddies. Church leaders! You don't gang up on folk like that. And if they don't hear them, he says, then tell it to the church. But when they don't hear the church, he says, let them be like a heathen and a tax collector. For surely I say unto you, whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth is bound. Whatsoever you you loose on earth, it is loose in heaven. What is the Lord telling us? We have keys. We have the power to bind dissension, division, discord, conflict. We have the ability to bind that up. But we also have the ability to lose love, peace, and joy, harmony, and Unity. So he says that they they don't want to be amenable to changing, to reconciliation. Then treat them like a, a heathen and a tax collector. In other words, disown them as a Christian. Treat them like an outsider. Treat them as a person with poor character, like tax collectors who cheated people, stole from people. So treat them like they don't have any character. But he didn't say put them out of the church. Hello, somebody. Now, I, I do believe you put some people out of the church. When do you put people out of the church? Well, you put people out of the church the same, under the same circumstances that God put Adam and Eve out of the garden. Whenever a person doesn't take responsibility for the sin in their lives, for the hurt and the reproach they brought upon the church, when they don't take responsibility. See, Adam and Eve weren't kicked out the garden because they sinned. They got kicked out the garden because they didn't take responsibility for their sin. Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. You only expel people. You only excommunicate people from the church when they refuse to take responsibility for the evil deeds. What kind of hospital would this be? Did you kick out? What kind of hospital would any hospital be if they have a reputation for kicking out the sick? Hello? But when the sick refuse treatment, they have every reason to discharge them. How many hear what I'm saying? But with this power of the kingdom, these keys of the kingdom of heaven, we have the power to ministrate church discipline. And if believers can't get it together with one another, and they refuse to hear the voices of those in leadership concerning that same issue, and then if they even reject the church, Then the church has been given, the church that Jesus built, the church that Jesus is Lord over, the church that Jesus is architect and builder of, that church has been given keys to bind that up, to bind up the division, the infighting, the discord, the dissension, the discord, all of it. You bind it up and you lose Love, joy, and peace. You lose harmony. You lose unity. You lose it. How long are we going to complain about it? How many times do you stop to say, I'm going to use my key? There are some people that run rampant in the church. They're like a cancer. They offend this person over here, back there, over there. They, they, they defend, they They They're serial offenders. And what do we do? We just talk about them. Or we say, I'm going to pray for that one. He didn't say pray for him. He says, bind that stuff up. Bind it up. Then loose what you believe. What is as it is in heaven. Loose that. Loose it. So whose keys are these? Are they Peter's or are they yours? This promise that, God, that Jesus made Peter, the promise of the keys, was no question, first made to Peter. But this promise is now extended to the church. It's extended to the church as an instrument of kingdom power. And guess what, beloved? The good news is you're authorized. Let me say it again you're authorized. You're, you're the church individually and collectively. You're authorized. To use this power against the gates of hell, in that same passage in Matthew chapter eighteen, where Jesus taught, use the keys of the kingdom of heaven to minister church, church discipline among church members. He also showed that every one of us have had this power extended to us to exercise power and authority, even in prayer. He said, if two of you, if two of you shall agree as touch, in other words, as concerning anything on earth, it shall be done for you by my Father, which is in heaven. Why? For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Now, some of us from the old church, we say, well, Uh, let's touch and agree on this. Let's touch and agree on that. This is called multiply prayer power because you're using your keys. When you touch and agree, you have to be in agreement concerning the same thing. You don't want to touch and agree with somebody who's not on the same page with you. So when you have an issue, when there's a demonic assault coming against you, you don't necessarily want everybody you know can agree with you because Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship. Where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the Agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road. Agape Word Fellowship.